Folks, welcome back into the Irish and Belgian College Football Special. We are, how many hours now? Eight hours, not even like six hours. I don't even know anymore. This week's been crazy in a good way. Uh, I love listening to the Ringer NFL podcast. And podcasts, there's so many of them. And I honestly, lads, I'm buzzing that we have got uh, Roger Sherman on the show here. Roger Sherman is in Ireland for a start. He's wearing it. Look, the, the, he's got the home field Northwestern jersey on. There, there are not a lot of Northwestern fans here. Nebraska <laughs> is much larger. They swarm like a, like a swarm of locusts when their team is playing in a, pretty much anywhere. Northwestern, we're a little bit more mild on that. So, uh, but we're there's there's a few thousand of us, and we're we're representing pretty proudly. I have to give uh, a lot called Mark Hogan the credit for this. He sent me your tweet that you were in Dublin. Uh-huh. He's not in Dublin. Really? So thanks a million for Roger coming on. Like, I'm taking your time out. I know you want to go tailgate and get this going. It's been, what, we're talking nine months or eight months since the college game for Northwest. It's been uh-huh. a long time. This game's a long time coming. Uh, is this your first time in Ireland? Um, so my, uh, my wife's family is uh, Irish. Her, uh, her, her mom's from Dublin. Her dad's from Kerry. So I don't know which GAA team I'm supposed to root <laughs> for. It's like, uh, but Drone. I was actually... <laughs> I was actually over here anyway for her um like they they had a big family reunion with you know Irish families are on like four continents so everyone converged here and I was here last week and I was just like well my team is playing in Dublin for some reason I'm just going to stay and it's been just an absolute great week it's been incredible and, and yeah I I've been here before I hadn't been to Dublin before um but but I it's very strange that Northwestern football is playing game in Ireland. It was supposed to be <laughs> Illinois. The thing is they wanted the Nebraskans uh, because, like I said, Nebraska will take over any city that, that their team is playing in, regardless of whether their team is good. Um, so it was Nebraska-Illinois scheduled for last year. You know, There were some things happening in the world, <laughs> and that didn't happen. And we got subbed in, and we are also buzzing about it. We don't say say that in America, so I'm taking every opportunity I can to green, say that I'm buzzing about stuff. Yeah, looking forward to seeing what words you're going to take back, which, especially if your wife's family are from Kerry. There are some particular Kerry phrases that uh, I, I don't know how they'll translate. Maybe we've had Lindsay Jones on the show a good few times, uh-huh. so maybe you and Lindsay can swap some yeah, Irish she, phrases now. She's my, uh, she's my editor. I, I, uh, I, I'm very excited. I'm working with, with her for about a month now. She's awesome. Um, you are Northwestern alum, uh-huh. um, and obviously Pat Fitzgerald has been there like year 17. Uh-huh. Um, he, you know, he's a guy, We uh, Michael got to meet him this year, he comes across incredibly well, and he comes really Irish. I mean, he's a, he's a storyteller. He's got the he's, gift. He, he, he absolutely has the gift. But what, like, from, from your experience with uh, being there, and I suppose following the sport, is, will this be a bounce back year for, for Pat Fitz? So... He does have a, an ability to do bounce backs. We were not so good. We, we had this strange thing where Northwestern went to two Big Ten championship games in three years, and in between it was just a terrible season. He's a big bounce back guy. I mean, even just uh, – so the story with Pat Fitzgerald is Northwestern is historically the worst – college football program in the sport they lost 34 straight games in the 1980s which is an all-time record and if you think about it that's several seasons there were four there were people who got to northwestern as a freshman and graduated as a senior without seeing the team win a game and pat fitzgerald was a player in the 1990s they won a they won they, they won back-to-back big 10 championships they made a rose bowl and 
Um, then years later, he became a coach very suddenly. He was in his early 30s, and the previous coach of the program suddenly died. And this is like June or July before a season. Mm -hmm. And they promoted him. He'd never been a head coach before. He never, I don't even think he'd been a coordinator at the time. And he was all of a sudden the head coach at 32, 33 years old. And he's been the most successful uh, coach in the history of the program. So it's year 17 for him. I think they could have, I've discussed this with friends. How many losing seasons would they have to have in a row for them to fire the guy who was the greatest player in program history, most beloved among the fans, um, and has won the most bowl. They won their first bowl game in 50 years under him. They've, they've had the most success ever. Um, so, you, you know, he's such a, he's almost a mythical figure. And like, like you said, when he talks to you, he really makes you believe in whatever he's doing. Yeah. And that's kind of, it's interesting if you if you're Irish and you're a fan of the NFL, you you're you know used to hearing about coaches being great schematically, great on, like with with the details of the game. You know Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan, these guys who are innovating. I no one could really tell you much about like Pat Fitzgerald as a great innovator or schemer, um, but he has the ability to go and talk to the 16 and 17 year olds he needs to make the program to, to, and tell them, I want you to come to Northwestern. It's a tough sell because we've got a small stadium. You're not, you're not, if you go to a school like Nebraska or, you know, Texas or Alabama, you'll be the most popular person on the campus. If you're on the football team, (laughs) Northwestern's a small school. It's cold. A lot of the people are focused on their studies more than the football. And he somehow, has been regularly able to get really quality football players to to sign up for this mission that he has in Chicago. So thank you to to the uh, the Irish for for blessing Pat Fitzgerald with that magical <laughs> it, ability. It, it's an Irish Scottish thing. I don't know if you've ever heard the story about um, Sir Alex Ferguson and before a Manchester United game against Tottenham Hotspur, the players. I mean, again, these, you, people are talk about these big speeches and schematics and the mm-hmm. players. And it was against Spurs and United always beat Spurs, and the players are getting ready. And Roy Keane tells the stories in the dressing room, and Ferguson just walks in and he looks at the players and he goes, "Lads, it's Spurs." And he walked out the door. That's all he had to say. And United hammered them 3-0. Fit, Fitz probably would say a, a few more words. But, like, honestly, we're 13-point underdogs. Yesterday they had a pep rally in Marion Square. And, um, you know, there were some people up there who were, like, paid to be good speakers. Like, they had uh, American sports journalist Michael Wilbon, who's on a TV show every day. And he got up and he was... You know, he talked about stuff. And then Pat Fitzgerald got up, and I was fired up. I was like, we have a chance at this game, even if we're 13-point <laughs> underdogs. It's, it's, it's an amazing quality to have. And surprisingly important in college football. You, it's, it's a very strange thing that that happens to be a really meaningful talent in the world of college football. Uh, Roger, two quarterbacks. Ryan Hitlinski, I think I'm hoping I'm pronouncing that wrong, and, and Brendan Sullivan, who has to have Irish heritage. Has to, he's not Irish, I don't know what's going on there. <laughs> so oh, maybe they just brought him over for this game. <laughs> but like, uh, during the week, uh, Fitzgerald wasn't committing to either of them, he's obviously playing mind games. Who's going to, does talk in Nebraska, preparing for a dual situation? What's so, your expectation? So, first of all, yeah, if Pat Fitzgerald starts Brendan Sullivan in Ireland, we've, like, hopefully the whole crowd will be on our side. <laughs> I'm, I'm just hoping. Um, but, like, it's, it's interesting. Again, if you're Irish, you're an NFL fan, 
you're probably used to getting in the NFL. They give out extremely detailed information on who's going to be playing. They come out with a depth chart, the injury report, the league mandates that NFL teams give information about which players will be playing and who's starting and who's not. The practices are very closely scrutinized by media. Um, in college football, it's, it's really just up to the coach, whatever information they want to give. And I swear, every year, <laughs> as, since I was covering the team as a student, if Pat Fitzgerald can hide a piece of information he from did. the, he will. I remember I was, um, the, the thing that it brings to mind, I'll, I'll talk about the quarterbacks in a second. <laughs> Sorry, I, I do tangents. Um, I remember when I was a student, I was working at the student paper, we had a game against Michigan. Um, and at the time, their quarterback was Denard Robinson, who was like the greatest running quarterback anyone had seen at the time. This was like before Lamar Jackson. He ended up drafted by the Jaguars. It didn't quite, they couldn't quite figure out what to do with him at the time. But we were playing Denard Robinson. We had a big game. And so he had Pat Fitzgerald, his coaching staff had this fascinating idea, uh, like in terms of game plan prep, where they put our kick returner, who was a, a little tiny guy, 5'9. Uh, um, he mainly played running back, and they, they put him in at linebacker just to spy on Denard Robinson. And they put this in in practice, and my guys work at the student newspaper. You know, they went to the practice. They saw this, but the Northwestern people said, don't tell anybody that this is happening. You're not allowed to tell anyone that this is happening. And, you know, you kind of have to say, well, if I did, if I did report this, uh, it would be like a big, huge news story. But it would also really hurt the team's chances of the game. <laughs> and we were students at the time, so that was a thing that was on our minds. And also, we would never be invited back. So I would strongly suspect it'll be Ryan Helinski. Um, he's, he, he played there last year. He was a four-star recruit out, out of five uh, from South Carolina. That's uh, he, uh, Not out of South Carolina, but he was previously the quarterback at South Carolina and, and transferred. Um, but it's been a few years since Northwestern had a quarterback worth talking about. And I suspect regardless of who's starting, there there will be frustration. There will be frustration. And, and at some point, we'll probably see multiple quarterbacks. I, and whatever the plan is, they will do their very best to make sure we don't know it. And, and that's, that's the way it works in college. Let's uh, let's bounce around one quick round of questions just before we let you go, Roger. Uh, for me, let's let's go NFL. Roger is a Jets fan, folks. He's a, he's a New York Jets fan. Tra- we stay here for his sins, maybe. Uh, but I'm only joking. My wee brother's a Jets fan. People like the Jets here. I think it's the green. Um, what's it like being a Jets fan in 2022? Like, what's the expectation? Well, because I tell you what, Roger, you probably woke up this morning on Twitter and seen that Mac Jones play for the Patriots. You must be thinking, this could be it this year. We could like, the Jets could finish third. I'll tell you this. <laughs> it's actually quite easy for me because I've been working as an NFL writer for about nine, ten years now. And I it has never been a conflict with my job whatsoever. I've never bit it at an important <laughs> football game thinking like in the back of my head, oh, I'm a Jets fan. I hope the Jets win, but I, I need to write this story or whatever. Like I'm if I was at a Super Bowl and the Jets were playing, I would be dying. I would be like unable to operate. And you know what? It hasn't happened in my lifetime and it seems unlikely to happen until 
in, in the rest of my lifetime. So it's it's actually quite an easy situation for me. It's sad that the team is good. And yeah, I'm, the Patriots are, I, I, have, I have bad feelings about them this year. Mm. It's interesting. I, I don't know if any of your family or your wife's family have told you about the Mayo curse. We had Arif Hassan on from The Athletic and he uh-huh. was talking about the Minnesota curse. We were telling him about the Mayo mm-hmm. curse. Mayo haven't won in All-Ireland in 60 plus years. Maybe feels the Jets are a little bit like that, cursed in that way. But I'm interested, I suppose, a little bit in, well, it touches on the Jets because Mackay Becton injury, but Northwestern. What are you guys doing to produce like NFL quality linesmen? Like, they, so, I mean... It's incredible. I mean, if if you're Irish and a little bit confused about why these teams are playing, why you should watch, the, uh, Peter Skaronski, our left tackle, will likely be a first round pick. Uh, I think he was he was named preseason All America, which so the the best offensive tackle in the country, and it's become a little bit of a thing because uh, last year Rashawn Slater, um, the uh, left tackle for the Chargers, was. Uh, drafted out of Northwestern in the first round and instantly became not just like a good rookie left tackle, but one of the best left tackles in the NFL. And I'd honestly put it, I think it has to be with our offensive line coach, who's named Kurt Anderson. He also was the coach for uh, Frank Ragnow at Arkansas, who's a first round pick and is, is on the Lions, a center. So he's clearly... He's worked in the NFL, and he's very clearly knowledgeable about how to turn these players into first-round picks, NFL-type players. And that's sort of rare for a program like Northwestern. And they, they hadn't had a first-round draft pick since 2005 until Rashawn Slater last year. So, And the thing is, once you prove the ability to like create a – like players at a position that that you're a school that can develop talent at a particular position, it becomes more attractive to the recruits from the next level who are thinking, I'd like to be an NFL offensive lineman. This is the place I need to go. You start to land a better quality of guys. A fun thing, a funny thing that happens in American like college is like places will be like where DBU, like where the university you go for if you're a defensive back, where linebacker university, where where you they like try to brand that way. Um, and it really does seem like Northwestern is starting to land more good offensive line prospects, produce NFL talent multiple, like multiple times. Once could, could just be, you got a lucky guy twice. That's a sign you've got something working. And, um, it's a shame because, uh, the whole multiple quarterbacks who (laughs) they're, they're out there protecting, well, it's it's also a funny thing because um, apparently you could have a gr- like an incredible left tackle and like one of the best in the world, and it it, it doesn't actually win you the game. Like it, it's 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 kind of a fascinating thing to see that you could have such that that football is such a complex sport that you really need everyone working together, and that you can see that this one guy on the field is. The, just just an incredible potential superstar and uh, and you know you need you need 22 
Roger, if you look at the points in which the defence gave up last year, if you weren't really a keen college fan and you were going to the game today and you looked at all the Northwestern scores from last year, you'd go, oh my God. But there's a storyline behind it. And O'Neill, the defensive coordinator, was trying to implement the system last year. They're saying now he's be- it's bedded in. Are we going to see a big improvement in this defence this season? Well, I, I, after listening to Pat Fitzgerald yesterday, I'm going to say yes. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't expect, expect anything else, Roger. <laughs> the... Um, it's it's tough. It's tough. So both of these teams had rough seasons last year, but Nebraska played a bunch of close games, had a bunch of tough losses. It, it, the sense around Nebraska is their record was not exactly a reflection re- representation of how good they were, and people were like, "We need a better coach to win," you know, those close games. But still, it, it felt like. They were better than than three wins, nine losses. Northwestern lost to Nebraska by fifty last year. That's, well, wasn't wasn't exactly wasn't exactly tearing on, on the edge of who was going to win that game. But I do think last year was the bottom. And like I said, this is a guy who has built and rebuilt the program and. and been there for some of the ugly times and somehow made it it surprisingly fun to be a Northwestern fan and like I even if it's not this year he just has such a proven track record of of building it back up again that said like I said earlier he could probably lose five or six seasons in a row and no one would get mad at him (laughs) I'm not just saying this because the team is here I was so impressed with him on Thursday Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like the lad could talk me out of any situation, like, or he could convince me to do anything. Gentlemen, he actually, he went, you know, he sat, spoke, and I'm excited for today. I don't think it's so underdog as we, as we all think. I think they're going to be pumped, and every player is like, oh, he's Irish. We have to win for him today. Like, that's it. They want to win this game for him. If this, is the, this is the one game they want to... And Northwestern plus 13. <laughs> Roger, um, obviously, well, this is handy because you've got a really handy Twitter handle here, at Roger. I don't know how you got that because that's incredible for a well, start. I've got a, I've got a, there's a D in there, R-O-D-G-E-R. Not a lot of people have that D. I just wanted to say, um, like, it, uh, whenever I talk to um, American football fans from other parts of the world, like NFL, college, whatever, I'll be quick. Um, like, like, in America... The, the NFL is the easiest sport to follow. You know, it's, we play it in the schools. We, it's, it's the most watched thing on TV. If you go up to someone and say, did you see the game last night? The answer is probably yes. Everyone knows about it. And whenever I talk to fans from other countries, like you really have to work. You know, the best games are on in the middle of the night. You, you could talk to people on the street and they'd have no clue what you're talking about. And yet, like <laughs> you could just see the the passion and the and I, and I always think it's just the coolest thing in the world that you guys have this community in this uh, so uh, it's it's really awesome to see well, massive thanks to you hopefully please god if we're maybe over in arizona next year we can meet up at the super bowl M- media week brian will get the big radio section going and we'll we'll, we'll do something together oh, but, uh, uh, being married to an irish person i've learned that any any chance you have to <laughs> seek out the irish people <laughs> in, in a space just just go for it i thought you were going to say any excuse to go for a drink Roger. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Col- Wait, no, that's Colum's excuse any excuse win, win lose or draw win recent years with the broncos it's been a lot more losing so there's been yeah, yeah we, we we haven't, we haven't had the best years between us, you know, between the Giants and the Broncos. It's not been good. So it's, uh, we're, we're pleading for better times. What's your team? 
the Broncos. So you know, oh, two Broncos. This, this, is, yeah. this is the year. I mean, hey, a Broncos fan who supports Colorado sports, just wait for the picks at the end. It's gonna be, it's gonna be good fun. We've we've got a lot of misery at this table, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and yet we're all laughing. It's drawing, drawing the sorrows in the second. Here, hey, Roger, thanks so much for coming on. I massively appreciate it. 